Hello, this is Dr. Zeus of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, and I wanted to do something to let you know why we're doing these film podcasts. First and foremost, a really amazing person whom I respect a lot gave me some advice. Why are you doing this show? Because I want a lot of you to learn about these podcasts, I mean these films, that you wouldn't let necessarily watch. These are artists that you wouldn't necessarily listen to. And if you do, and if you're familiar with them, this gives you a whole new understanding of them as a person and as an artist. And so that's my promise. That's what this amazing person taught me, is always give a promise and a reason to why you're going to do this show. So my promise to all of you is to keep you engaged. If you have questions about these episodes, these artists, why am I picking these artists? Because, you know, I'm not picking them at random. These are artists that I listen to. These are artists that friends of mine listen to, that I'm aware of. And then a lot of them I'm not aware of. These are artists that I'm just getting into, learning. I think it's always great to have an eclectic sense of musical tastes. And that's what I want to display to all of you is, you know, whether you're into Bob Dylan or not, or Frank Zappa, or Patti Smith, the Wu-Tang Clan, Nina Simone, Janis Joplin, is that this podcast engages you and it helps you to ask those questions. Huh, would I like this documentary that he's suggesting? Because I'm not just suggesting these documentaries. I'm also talking about them, what they mean to me and what they'll mean to you. What they mean to me is going to be totally different than what they mean to you. And so the beauty of that is to show you, oh, I didn't know about that. An example of that is Kathleen Hanna. I wasn't really aware of Kathleen Hanna. And then I watched her documentary, which is coming up tomorrow. It should be. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about this this woman who is this feminist icon who has, you know, problems like we all do and health issues and that creative spirit that she so possesses. And also, musically, she is a part of music history. There wouldn't be a Smells Like Teen Spirit if it weren't for that phrase that she coined almost 30 years ago with her good friend, Kurt Cobain, spray painting... Kurt smells like teen spirit on his bedroom wall. And so that's something that you're going to learn from these documentaries. You're going to learn, look at Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan really isn't a people person. I mean, he is, but these are people that are interviewing him that are interrogating him. You know, it's the creative spirit. And a lot of creative types don't want to really tell the whole story. In the case of Janis Joplin, she wants you to know through her music how she feels. (sighs) These artists, these documentaries. One of my favorites that we're going to talk about is, of course, Lemmy. The documentary on Lemmy Kilmeister, frontman and mastermind of Motorhead. And I bring him up because his birthday would have been December 24th. He would have been 75 years old. I love the music. I love that. You can discover Motorhead at any time. There are so many different eras of Motorhead that you can get into. And this documentary, I I had a chance to briefly 
asked the filmmaker about Lemmy. And he says, what you see in the film, the documentary is all Lemmy. You get a sense of this man. And that's what I got watching this documentary. That's why I'm talking about these documentaries for Documentary December. Music documentaries. We're going to talk about Penelope Spheres is the decline of Western civilization. From punk to metal. I mean, I think it's the first time people saw Paul Stanley in bed with no makeup on from Kiss with all these women. Or, you know, the punk the punk uh, beginnings. You have Black Flag. He's interviewing. This is before Henry Rollins even enters the picture. Okay. So these documentaries teach us something. They engage us. And that's my promise to all of you through the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast is to continue giving you shows that are fresh, that are engaging. I'm recording them every day. Sometimes I'm recording like five of them in one day. And that's my goal. That's my goal to reach all of you so that you can just pick and choose what you want to listen to. It's always about your choice, the listeners. Giving the listeners what they want, which is interest keeping you all interested okay that's my goal that's my purpose for all of you my promise and why are we talking about music documentaries because music matters and you will get a sense of these artists like never before what makes them what makes them go not so much what makes them tick because it could be a whole multitude of things people who are close to them Things that help them reignite that creative spirit. Because that's what it's all about. Is maintaining what you have creatively. And then sometimes having to reinforce it. Learning something new. And that's what a lot of these artists do. And so I felt it was essential for me to talk about a promise. And engage with you on why we're talking about music documentaries for the month of December, December documentaries. Last month it was Noir November. I figured, okay, who knows what January is going to be? And I am thinking ahead to that. And with the show, I want the show to grow. My goal for this show, it's already gone international. And through the results that I've seen through Spotify, thank you, Apple Podcasts and Anchor. The show is heard in other countries. It's heard across the globe. I want to give a shout out to my Canadian listeners. The LNC 666 and George Strombolopoulos. George Strombolopoulos, who is the one who told me to always give a promise. You know, he leaves me speechless. He's such an amazing person to talk to. And the interviews that he does, they're memorable. You know, my Dr. Maya Angelou, um, Angelo, uh, you know, MIA, Jewel, the Beastie Boys, Al Jorgensen of Ministry. That's probably one of my favorites. Um, Elvis Costello of recent. And that the LNC, well, we're a late night crew. And I'm I'm just grateful that they invited and allowed this California boy 
to be a part of it. You know, I do have family in Canada. I've never met them, but I know of them on the Portuguese side. Um, but yeah, it's the LNC. I want to give a shout out to LNC. I want to give a shout out to the listeners in England who are listening to me. The listeners who are listening to me um, in probably the Middle East, you know, in parts of Spain and France, Italy. I love Italy, Japan, China, the Philippines, you know, um, that's my goal is to bridge all of us together. And go, oh, and I also want to throw this in there. So the name of the show, I didn't take it after the character, you know, the author. Okay. So my name, the doctor is basically because I was always told I should get a doctorate degree, which I didn't. And also my love for Doctor Who. And then Dr. Zeus, that's, that was my childhood nickname, Z-E-U-S. And then when I started working out in my 20s, you know, that they would always joke and say that I wanted to look like Zeus. And that's true, I do. Minus the long hair. Maybe the beard, but not the long hair. And so when people tell me to change the name, I'm not going to do it. You know, if anyone wants to question the name and... You know, the validity of the of the name. And I'm not trying to rip anyone off. I don't play copyrighted material. You know, eventually I'm going to patent my name. So, that's the plan right there. <laughs> and, you know, my listeners. My listeners. I do this for the listeners. I also do this for the thrill. Because there, there's something amazing about talking to all of you. On a daily perp... A daily... Uh, not a purpose. I'm so I'm so out of it today. But you know, we'll leave that in. It's part of life. You can't edit life. You know. But I love talking to all of you daily, weekly. And that's always been my goal. I mean, if I start to fall asleep, it's like, oh, I gotta record. And so thankfully, due to technology, I can record and just send it out into the ether and it's there for you. Whenever you need it. I know that during COVID. There's a lot. People are experiencing loss. Jobs. Money. Security. You know. um, Cypress Hills. Be Real said it best. It's not always. The politicians don't always inflict change. It's the people. And that's true. It's about the people. It's about what we do as people. To spark change. You know. And so with the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, my goal is to not just educate, but delight to engage all of you in these documentaries. You can also go back and listen to Noir November. You know, I had a really great interview with Jason Almy of Shit Happens When You Party Naked. You know, a, a podcast that I really respect. There are so many podcasts out there. And sometimes, you know, you got to pick and choose where you get to listen to for an hour. Very rarely do I do an hour episode here. My thing is to give you that 30 minute, maybe 50 minute window when you're on a drive and you're on a walk and just to record for you. And so my promise is to provide you all with music documentaries. My goal is to have all of you 
engaged in these new documentaries and even old familiar ones. As always, unpleasant dreams and enjoy the Dr. Zeus film podcast. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I'm testing out the new mic. It's pretty warm. But then again, everything on my podcast is pretty warm. And so let's get to business. Documentary December. I told you it's going to be fun. So we're doing tonight the punk singer. Well, tomorrow. The punk singer, the story of Kathleen Hanna. And her band, Bikini Kill. Bikini Kill is famous for that song, Rebel Girl. It helps to start the Riot Girl movement of the 1990s. These amazing um, indie alternative bands who just, you know, they, they, made, they made their voices heard. Now, some of you may only know of Kathleen Hanna because she got into a brawl wasn't really a brawl with Courtney Love and how Courtney Love smacked her in the face. Um, But we're not going to talk about that because, you know, that in itself, why would you try to pin other women against each other? And, you know, in fact, Kathleen Hanna was a friend of Kurt Cobain's. And we're going to dive more into that. But first, let's get into it. All right. Released in 2013, directed by Cindy Anderson, Kathleen Hanna, lead singer of the punk band Bikini Kill and dance punk trio La Tigra, rose to the national attention as a reluctant but never shy voice of the Riot Girl movement. She became one of the most famously outspoken feminist icons, a cultural lightning rod. Her critics wished she would just shut up and her fans hoped she, wouldn't, she never would. In 2005, when Hannah stopped shouting, many wondered why. Through 20 years of archival footage and intimate interviews with Hannah, the punk singer takes viewers on a fascinating tour of contemporary music and offers a never-before-seen view into the life of this fearless leader. She truly is a fearless leader. Very, There's a lot to Kathleen Hannah. She is seen often as this as this um elizabeth elizabeth taylor of punk of alternative music you know because she is she is really pretty but then again she's got you know and that's the thing people think oh pretty girls can't do this and you know she proves everyone wrong her intelligence her charisma her determination here's a little taste of the punk singer That's a taste of the punk singer. There's a lot going on in the band Bikini Kill. So, in the 1990s, 
you know, the whole ethos of music was changing. A lot of it was the grunge movement, you know, which would be furthered with Nirvana. In fact, Kathleen Hanna has a connection, as I said earlier, not just to Kurt Cobain, but the song Smells Like Teen Spirit itself. We're going to dive into that in a bit. So, all right, here we go. Mm. Kathleen Hanna is just one of those personalities. Very unforgettable. The, The title of the movie, The Punk Singer, I mean, come on, come on. And she makes friends with another punk singer like this. Charismatic person. I kind of started hanging out with him because I had a boyfriend who became a crackhead. And then he started, like, stalking me. And um, I was known as a feminist, and I felt like I couldn't ask for help from people. Because I thought that they'd think, she's making too big of a deal out of it because she's a feminist. And um, the only person who believed me was my friend Kurt. I was his friend for life at that moment. I mean, he stuck up for me. He was like the only person that stuck up for me. I wrote, Kurt smells like teen spirit on the wall of his apartment after we spray painted on the side of a fake abortion clinic. Kurt spray painted, God is gay. We were so wasted, so wasted, super fucking wasted. And the next day, I swore off alcohol and I didn't drink for six years. And so that is Kathleen Hanna's connection to Kurt Cobain. So what happened was, and she's talked about this in many, many, she even did a stage performance where she's telling, she sang Smells Like Teen Spirit. And she says, you know, Kurt calls her and says, hey, you know, I really like that thing that you wrote on my wall. In fact, I think it's better if she tells it. You know, um, this is an interesting documentary. I I'm, I didn't really know much about Kathleen Hanna after this or before this, and it was very, it was very informative. Here we go. laying on my stomach in the woods with a pair of binoculars bottle of Canadian club and my friend Kurt Cobain the reason why I had the binoculars was because I was the lookout while he ran across the street to a teen pregnancy center that had just opened in our town and it really wasn't a teen pregnancy center it was a right wing con where they got teenage girls to go in there and then told them they were going to go to hell if they had abortions since Kurt and I were angry young feminists in the 90s, we decided that we were going to do a little public service that night. We drank our Canadian club, and he watched out while I went across the street and wrote, fake abortion clinic, everyone. Because I was kind of like the pra- pragmatic one or whatever. And he was more creative, so he went over, and in six-foot-tall red letters, he wrote, God is gay. Yeah. It was kind of cool like that. So... 
Canadian Club, and we lived in Olympia, Washington. We walked down the hill, we went to the bar, we got some more Canadian Club. Then we went to my apartment, we got some 40 ounces, we got a little more drunk, and apparently I insulted just about everybody in my whole entire town, and I threw up on someone's legs, and it was one of those nights that, like, later on, every time anybody mentions it, you don't want to think about it. So, it ended up at Kurt's apartment, and... shit and I took out a sharpie marker and I, I wrote a bunch of shit all over his bedroom wall and it was a rental so it was like really kind of lame that I did that um, and then I passed out with the marker in my hand and I woke up and I had one of those hangovers where you think that if you walk in the next room there could be a dead body in there when six months later, Kirk called me up and said, hey, do you remember that night? I was like, Because even though I fell asleep with my clothes on, every time in my head, when I thought about that night, this is what I saw. Yeah, it's not pretty, is it? And so I thought I'd use that because there's much more. It's a different contrast within the documentary. So Kathleen Hanna forms this band, Bikini Kill. And Bikini Kill, I mean, this was truly the do-it-yourself age of the 90s. And that, and that's the beauty of the music. You know, this music, it lasts forever. But you think of all these characters like Kathleen Hanna. I discovered Kathy Acker, the American writer. And I went to this workshop that she did. And she told me, why do you want to write? And I said, because nobody has ever listened to me my whole life. And I have all this stuff that I want to say. And she said, then why are you doing spoken word? You should be in a band. Because nobody goes to spoken word, but people will go to see bands. So I went home and I started a band. Yeah, she started Bikini Kill. And so we can't have the music playing in the show. It's it's really, you know, that's the, that's the downside of doing this. Is that, um, like, like when I did Janice last night, you know, you can't put the songs on the show um, because they're copyrighted, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm listening to it right now. I mean, uh, if you listen to the lyrics to Rebel Girl, you know. But even in that, I don't think we could do inter an interpretation of it. So I've talked about how these documentaries, you get to discover people that you wouldn't necessarily be aware of. Now, I was briefly aware of Kathleen Hanna. And it was through, I think VH1 had did the Seven Ages of Rock. And they had gotten to the grunge part. And Dave Grohl, Grohl talked about how they all went and got fucked up and... 
you know, Kathleen Hanna wrote Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I thought, who's Kathleen Hanna? So when the punk singer documentary came out, I thought, oh, okay. And, you know, I jumped on it. Um, she's got some interesting energy. I mean, and you're going to learn here that she's a feminist and they have this, this van that they have to drive through the tour. So she gets a job as a stripper. So in order to, you know, pay, make sure the band is going and the fanzines and the, and the van itself, Kathleen's got to go out there and strip. Okay, and she talks about that, how some people would see that as a form of, um, you know, uh, hypocrisy is this, you know, feminist woman saying, you know, I'm going to stand on my own, too. I'm going to put this. This is an all girl band. But at the same time, I got to make money in order to do that. I got to strip. And but she uses it to her advantage, though. I think you know some of you would say, "Oh, well, you know." I I think it's unfortunate that people look down upon people who do strip. I've I've known exotic dancers. Um, one of my good friends um, is a former dancer from the '90s. Even met Tupac and Jack Nicholson, and you know that's what you got to do. And so I think the judgment. And so, you know, there's no judgment here on my part towards Kathleen Hanna. You got to do what you got to do. That with a popular band, La Tigre. Kathleen also co-founded the feminist movement called Riot Girl. She's been described as an unstoppable force. As part of our series titled Musicians and Artists Who Make a Difference, Kathleen talks about her beginnings and why in 2005 she stopped performing. These are my origin stories. I have a few I can flip through because things never really begin at the beginning. Uh, can't do that because that is the La Tigra song. So, um, she's talking about the beginnings. Her mom was a nurse. They grew up. And I'm hoping the song stops playing, you know. Okay. Here we go. Yep. Um, you know, she talks a lot about just growing up, going to school, and um, recognizing that she was a feminist early on. And, um, you know, this whole dive into a band, you know, when she talks about forming the band, you know, this person didn't know how to play bass, but they did it anyway. That's always, that's always the story right there, you know, um, and especially when it comes to punk and when it comes to, you know, indie music and you, you learn it as you go, you know, and, um, you're, I mean, you think of the band like the, 
the pixies, you know, you learn, you learn as you go. Okay, you have these these four misfits together. It truly is the island of misfit toys. And she's talking about moving to the Pacific North, Northwest to go to college, Evergreen State College, and she's talking about studying photography and. Here we go. I guess my first impressions were she reminded me of a young Elizabeth Taylor. Tammy Ray was just the punkest thing I'd ever seen and had all these ideas and they taught me about Sonic Youth and Pixie, stuff I didn't know about. We were all trying to make feminist work that was kind of inspired by Jenny Holzer and Barbara Kruger and you know, we were taking these photo classes and, and when we would bring in our work, we were treated like we were crazy. I made work about sexism. I took pictures from books I found in the library. So I did this thing that juxtaposed the images of the women and then this picture of the little girl in this like portrait and it said, pretend you like it on her and then it said, believe you like it on the housewives. Yeah. See how the music kind of mixes in so we have to be careful because I could just go free form and we could talk about the punk singer. We could talk about her run-ins. I mean, she she's madam, she's married to Adam Horowitz of the Beastie Boys. So that's an interesting duo right there. And um, here's some more. A really very clear memory I have of Kathleen showing me a copy of a copy of an article from Time magazine, Is Feminism Dead? We both got really emotional, like it couldn't be dead because we were living it. We were doing it and thinking it and feeling it. You know, how could it be dead? On a project, fashion show, where I made all the clothes for a fashion show and I silk screened all these um, fabrics and stuff using photography. And I was working late at night in the lab and while I was at work, my best friend, she was assaulted in our house. She went in her room and fell asleep and she woke up and he was standing in her doorway. He grabbed her by the neck and he started dragging her up the stairs. And he was saying shit like, I'm gonna rape you, then I'm gonna kill you. And, and she was actually a music major. and It was the first time she was writing her own symphony. And um, she told me that when she was on the stairs, she thought, I'm gonna finish my fucking symphony. And she just flipped out and just like punched him and got loose and got away. And I came home and she was like all beat up. I was like, I have to make sure this never happens again. And so I think we'll stop there for a moment um, to just dive into it. So Kathleen Hanna starts Bikini Kill. And Bikini Kill is an interesting band. An American punk band formed in Olympia, Washington, October 1990, so 30 years ago. Um, it consists of singer and songwriter Kathleen Hanna, guitarist Billy Karen, bassist Kathy Wilcox, and drummer Toby Val. The, uh, the band pioneered the Riot Girl movement with radical feminist lyrics and fiery performances. Their music is categoristically abrasive and hardcore influenced. After two full-length albums, several EPs, and two compilations, they disbanded in 1991. The band reunited for tours in 2019 and 2020. Oh my. Oh my. So... 
this is right around the time that grunge is coming to the forefront and Kathleen you know um hangs out with as it as it stated earlier Kurt Cobain a good friend of hers you know and the rest is history she coined the phrase smells like teen spirit but originally she was saying Kurt smells like teen spirit and oh my you know there's a lot within this documentary and you learn something I mean like I said I learned something about Kathleen Hannah that I didn't know and um, if I can find it you know when you watch these documentaries you know I mean like I'm about to watch one on Frank Zappa I don't know a lot about Frank Zappa um, I know that he was an interesting musician. He had a lot of, uh, I mean, Frank Zappa <laughs> took things to the hilt, you know, an individual Sagittarius and these artists that just do it for the sake of doing it. You know, they're not doing it to make all the dough, you know, and that, and that can also be said about Kathleen Hanna and the band Bikini Kill. You know, if you think of Bikini Kill, I mean, they they weren't in it to sell records. They were in it to start a movement. And that's what this is about. That's why it's called the punk singer. You think of all the power and all the influence that Kathleen Hanna had and all these different bands that are being, you know, um, inspired by Kathleen Hanna. And then the fact that they asked Joan Jett to produce their album. So you're going to go and ask this icon, this this strong female character like Joan Jett of The Runaways, of her solo career. I mean, you know, Joan Jett, a lot of people forget that she started Black Heart Records. She and her business partner basically funded the albums themselves started their own record label Blackheart Records and she talks about this when she was later inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame so you know with the punk singer you get a taste of a of a character I mean there's no one else like Kathleen Hanna you get to see how she meets Adam Horowitz I mean the fact that this feminist icon marries this hip-hop you know bad boy well i wouldn't really call adam horowitz a bad boy but if you look at beastie boys and you look at early on they were kind of ridiculed you know um licensed to ill basically they coined it and said three jerks make a record and and they weren't really jerks but it was a party record and that's how people saw it and it wasn't until paul's boutique and they were like oh that's the Beastie Boys. But she married a Beastie Boy. And what the documentary also highlights is in 2005, she stopped performing because she had Lyme disease. She didn't know what was wrong with her. She didn't know her energy was depleting. And the documentary really highlights this and highlights this and highlights um, how she was continuing to make music. You know, she basically, La Tigra, they made the album in the bedroom. It was an indie release and how she just continued to work on music, you know. So, of this icon, you know, we're not even going to talk about 
her and Courtney Love. I think that's that's besides the point because I think media wants to pin women against each other. You know, I mean, in a way, they they have something in common. They both loved Kurt Cobain. Courtney married Kurt Cobain, and Kathleen loved Kurt as a very true feminist friend. He was a male feminist, you know. And so with the punk singer, I'm not, I'm, you know, and I'm not really, really going to ruin it. I want you to watch it. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to be immersed in this character, this icon, Kathleen Hanna. I mean, you know, it's, it's a punk singer for a reason. The film's title is taken from the Julie Rune song, The Punk Singer. From Kathleen Hanna's 1998 solo debut. Oh, like, oh, yeah, because Julie Ruin, she made it in her bedroom. Huh. It uses a combination of interviews and archival footage, including live band performances. The film traces the life and career of Hannah from troubled upbringing and her start in spoken word performance poetry through her Riot Girl fanzines, her prominent punk and dance punk bands, her coining of the phrase Smells Like Teen Spirit for Kurt Cobain, her solo career as Julie Rune, her feminist activism, her marriage to BC boy Adam Horowitz, and ending with Hannah's 2010 diagnosis of late-stage Lyme disease and the severe treatments she endured to combat, combat it. This is such an amazing documentary. Ah, the film was the first public announcement of Hannah's battle with Lyme disease. Since 2005, Hannah had been struggling with symptoms of the disease without knowing the cause. This resulted in her telling Lactigra bandmates that she was finished as a singer-songwriter, that she had written all she ever intended to write. In the film, Hannah says that this explanation was not true, that instead she was suffering nervous system troubles, and that she did not want to admit she was unable to perform on stage. The film was also the first public revelation of certain details of Hannah's childhood and her marriage. Appearing in the punk singer, Adam Horowitz, husband to Kathleen Hannah, Tamara Davis, introduce Hannah and Horowitz, Billy Karen, lead guitarist of Bikini Kill, Kathy Wilcox, zine writer, band member of Bikini Kill, and Julie Ruin, Joanna Fateman, zine writer, band member of La Tigra, Sadie Banning, video videographer, band member of La Tigra, J.D. Sw- Sampson, visual artist, band member of La Tigra, Lynn Breedlove, punk musician, LGBT activist and writer, Jennifer Baumgander, feminist writer, Kim Gordon, bassist for Sonic Youth, punk music producer, Carrie Brownstein, guitarist, vocalist, and Slater, 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 Kenny. I always get that one tr- uh, tough. Uh, Gene Smith, Riot Girl zine editor, punk musician, and Powers music writer. Joan Jett, rocker and music producer. Allison Wolf, zine writer, punk musician, and Tavi Gevinson, founder of Zile Rookie Blog and Rookie Mag. Leo Galland, MD, Lyme disease expert. Hannah determined that the number of men interviewed should be minimal. I like that. She told Anderson not to feature Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth, Ian Makaya Fugazi, Calvin Johnson of Beat Happening. Even though she liked them and respected their opinions, she said, I want women to be in the to be the experts. I don't want these male experts to come in to make it legitimate. Hannah wanted Toby Valley, zine writer and band member of Bikini Kill, to be interviewed in the film, but Val chose to keep her privacy. In the film, Val appears in archival footage to talk about Hannah and the punk 
seen. And so this, I present to you, Dr. Seuss Film Podcast audience, for December, documentary December, is The Punk Singer, released in 2013, directed by, let's make sure we get it right, directed by, where is it? Okay. Sometimes you have to have Siri do it. Cini Anderson, director of The Punk Singer. Check it out. Watch it. Learn something that you didn't know about Kathleen Hanna. If you're already aware of Kathleen Hanna, of Bikini Kill, of her relationship as a friend to Kurt Cobain, um, Adam Horowitz of the Beastie Boys, I think that complements them is that they're both these you know, interesting musicians and mindsets. But if you don't know like I did about Kathleen Hanna, Check it out. As always, unpleasant dreams.